Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Have you ever heard of the term stadium status? It signifies that someone has reached such a large audience of followers that their fans can fill an entire stadium. Think of bands like the Rolling Stones, or athletes like Michael Jordan, or actors like The Rock. It represents the top of your game. Businesses and individuals can reach this level too. My guest today is John Brubaker, and he has written two books, Stadium Status and Beyond Stadium Status. He is helping businesses and individuals elevate their game and break away from the pack by being different. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by John Brubaker, also known as Coach Brew. John is a former college lacrosse coach turned author, speaker, and business coach. John speaks and writes on leadership and business issues. I've been a longtime fan of his out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to growing businesses. He often says that weird wins, and he's right. One idea from the book that he just held up, if you're watching on video, <clears throat> called Stadium Status, produced more than a million dollars of new business for my company, Peak Demand. He's followed up that book with a sequel called Beyond Stadium Status, and I'm excited to have him on the show today to talk about how to grow a business to stadium status and beyond. So, John, welcome to the show. Great to be here with you, John. Thanks for having me. And as I was reading, I could see a lot of things happening uh, uh, that you were uh, sharing, uh, and we actually held, you held up your book. Uh, stadium uh, status. So. Yeah, I was channeling my inner Corey Hart first. Um, most, you know, if you're a millennial, you'll have to ask your parents what I meant by that. But, you know, I wear my sunglasses at night. And even during the day. So I can, so I can see. And <laughs> yeah, the book that, uh, it, I mean, it's like a licensed print money, that book, isn't it? Well, it was for, for you me. at least. Yeah, yeah, it was for me. It's a fantastic book. And I think that's the first book I ever read from you. And um, that's what I want to talk about today because you've got a sequel coming out and I'm pretty excited about it. So yep. I'm seeing if there's another million dollars in that book. There better be. <laughs> so you're, you're going to want a $19 refund. <laughs> well, yeah, if I don't get another million, right? So you're my first uh, return guest on the show. And uh, I, do you remember the significance of the date of our last show? Give me, um, how long ago was it? I need a couple of hints. Six I'll figure month, it out. Give me six a, months ago. Oh man. So definitely something shut down. Um, there was, you know, the pandemic had probably just begun, right? Yes. Uh, was You're it Valentine's it. day? Nope. So you, you okay. it was officially the last day of the two weeks to flatten the curve shut down. That was the last day. And that was six months ago. So yeah, now we're on day like 184 of six days to flatten the curve. That's exactly. awesome. So, but that, that day was supposed to be the last day and we're still uh, flattening the curve as we speak. So um, yeah, so the, a lot has changed in the world in the past six months, hasn't it? 
The, the curve's very flat if you just look at it like from a 45 degree angle on the graph. That's the way to look at it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, a so, lot's changed and nothing's changed, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. the ultimate paradox. Yeah. So it's I mean, kind of like int- nothing's changed. You're still good looking. You're just as good looking as you were six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most, yeah. Well, you get, you get better looking every day. So maybe that is what changed. It's like fine wine. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so interesting. So, you know, we're going to talk today about business growth, but, um, and it seems like a strange time to talk about business growth when a lot of businesses are shut down. A lot of people are struggling, but I mean, if you look at the past six months, have you seen, some examples of businesses that are still, that have figured it out, that have made the pivot, that have grown, that are continuing to do things, that are, that are taking advantage of the opportunity, even though the, the, the world has changed, they're still staying, staying strong and doing things to, to grow their business and, and to continue to kind of, you know, separate themselves from the pack. Well, I think uh, with every, uh, with every crisis, there's an opportunity. And to go back the week before, uh, my podcast interview with you six months ago. So six months and one week ago, um, yesterday, six months, one week ago, yesterday, it was a Wednesday night. Uh, I teach a public speaking class at the local college, uh, here in Maine. And after class, I stop at my favorite bar and grill because it's a Wednesday night. There's usually like a hockey game or a basketball game on. I'll have a beer and I'll have a late dinner. That's just sort of like, that's a one little bit of me time that I get every week when I'm like away from my wife and kids and work. And so anyway, I stop at our local bar and grill and, you know, the the waitress who I know very well uh, brings me over a beer and I said, I didn't order this. And she said, I know, but you know, you usually get a Bud Light and, um, I really wasn't going to have a beer that night, but uh, she said, um, you don't even have to pay for this. I'm like you never, you never buy me a beer. What's going on? And she's like, the gentleman over there at the corner of the bar is buying the house a round of drinks. Mm. Now, before that sounds super generous, John, there were like four people there. Oh. <laughs> so if there ever a time when you just wanted to be able to say, I bought the house a round of drinks yeah. is when there's like, you know, four people in the bar. And, uh, so I take my beer and I walk over to him to say, thank you. And this is just at the beginning of like, we knew like, okay, you know, um, there's this coronavirus. We didn't know anything about it and know how bad it was other than, um, you know, it was classified as a pandemic and we didn't know that like it's primarily airborne. We thought maybe it lived on surfaces. Nobody knew anything. So I said, Thanks for the beer. Can I ask what you're celebrating? And he's sitting there with his wife. And this is the moment when I knew people are going to be okay. You know, like the whole world's kind of gone to hell and the economy, you know, stock market plummeted that week. And he said, yeah, I'm celebrating a big business deal. He owns this little cleaning business, uh, industrial cleaning business. He owns like a, like a local franchise of like ServPro or one of those. I forget the name of it. It's like a ServPro type company. I said, that's great. Congratulations. What, uh, what's the milestone? You know, I figured it was like their 10 year anniversary, five year anniversary of the company or something. He said, I just landed, uh, the largest cleaning contract in company history. Oh, wow. 
not his company, like nationwide. I said, wow. well, what's, what's that? He said, I just landed the contract to clean all of the, um, every building at every public institution in New York state. And we're up in Maine. I'm like, what? So there's such a huge demand for industrial cleaning. You know, all the colleges have shut down and sent the kids home. They've got to clean and scrub, you know, and uh, sanitize, you know, every administrative building, library, dorm, classroom, mm. like everything, field house. There's 27 different four-year public universities in the state of New York. And some of them are like major universities. That's that's a huge deal. Wow. And so like I'm thinking even in the midst of this horrible crisis where, you know, small businesses are closing, here's a legit small business, small business that's thriving. Mm. And he said, I have to hire staff. If you know anyone that's looking for a job, uh, my wife's a school teacher. She just got laid off. She was like a teacher's aide at local elementary school, just got laid off. And now she's going to work for him full time yeah. in the business. Wow. And so I'm just like, I thought about that the whole way home that night. And the next day I'm like, there's got to be a lot of other stories like that. You know, you think about like people who invest in the stock market during a depression or a recession, they become millionaires because mm. they're willing to go all in when other people aren't. You know, so I just thought like that, that's the, uh, you know, if there's a silver lining to any of this, that's it. Yeah, I think it's a mindset issue, isn't it, right? I mean, so yep. you can, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you can look at um, a global pandemic, you can look at all this, uh, this, this, you know, global uncertainty, and you can see it as a problem, right? Uh, oh, woe is me, this is terrible, my business model was based on X, and now we have Y, I'm, I'm going to go out of business, or it's going to really hurt me, or you can say, all right, this is an opportunity for me, and how can I make that pivot? How can I shift? What's what are the opportunities that open up because of the because of the situation? And I mm -hmm. think, you know, one of the things I like about the work that you do is that you get people thinking about the opportunities. Uh, and and you know, I think uh, if, if I think talk about your first book, Stadium Status, <clears throat> you talk about stories. And do you have a copy of the book right there? There it is, Stadium Status. What I like about that is you tell stories about people who basically. Um, used kind of creative ideas to, to build their brand, build their company to, 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 uh, to a very high level. So let's, let's, let's take a step back a little bit. What, what is, what's the definition of stadium status? Like I'm not, I, I'm not a college sports coach and I'm not a rock star. I know I look like one, but. Um, you do legit. Yeah. So what, um, what is stadium status? What does that mean when you reach stadium status? So let's backtrack real quick. The stadium is sort of uh, the lens through which I view my entire world. You know, it's the ultimate meritocracy if you think about it. And uh, isn't that really what entrepreneurship is too? You get what you earn mm. today. Nothing's promised to you. You know, you're not entitled to anything. You get what you earn. Uh, coaches, same thing. Athletes, you earn playing time. Um, and stadium status now is – a metaphor for business in that you may not perform, you know, under bright lights and uh, on national TV, like let's say a, a professional football or baseball team, but I'm pretty sure that you'd love to have a customer base that could fill a stadium. 
Mm. You know, like the big house is University of Michigan's football stadium in Ann Arbor. I think it's the largest stadium in America, um, football stadium. I think they hold like 114,000 or 112,000 people. And it's, I think, I think it's the second largest. If it were a city, it'd be the second largest city in the state on game day. Mm. Um, but wouldn't everyone love to be able to pack a stadium full of, you know, their fans, meaning their customers? Uh, so, you know, I think there are strategies that you can learn, audience engagement strategies that you can learn from, you know, the people who do fill an actual stadium, professional sports team, coaches, athletes, um, and entertainers. You know, like the largest stadium shows in America right now are country music. Mm. And, you know, the uh, the reason for that, I believe, is there is much greater, uh, more direct fan to artist connection in that genre than any other genre. So your ability to, to make direct fan connections with your audience that pays your bills uh, is hugely critical. I think success leaves clues and your best ideas come from outside your industry. So that's where I shine the spotlight on what entertainers, athletes and coaches and teams are doing. I think, that's, I think it's, yeah, fantastic. I had never heard the term stadium status. In fact, even when I got your book, you, that was the first book I ever read that you wrote. Um, I I didn't know what it meant. I'm like stadium status. I don't even know what it means, right? But then, you know, you quickly get into like uh, talking about, like you said, music acts where you start off like playing in a bar with like 15 people who are not paying attention, right? And then you build your business, build your brand up until where you're playing for stadiums, right? And I think that really resonated with me. And I think you just touched on something really important is you take all these lessons, right, from the music industry, from sports, and you apply it to business in that book. And one of the lessons uh, that I talked about in the introduction was um, you talked about recruit daily or perish. And so it's the the life of a, of a college um, uh, coach, right? Lacrosse coach. Yeah. You had to recruit daily or perish. It was all about getting the right people on your team. And so talk a little bit about what that, that mindset was as a coach. Sure. You know, uh, people think that coaches lead a very glamorous life. <laughs> And I want to debunk that myth. Like this is Mythbusters right here. There's nothing glamorous about being a college coach. Like Nick Saban has a really boring life that would be very much a grind. And if you were not wired uh, to, you know, really kind of you would, if you're not wired to be a coach, meaning like you could never live without doing it, you'd be miserable in that job. Like if you tried to spend a day in the life of uh, a college or a professional coach. First of all, you prob- most people probably wouldn't have the motor to pull it off from dawn to dusk. You know, it's not an eight-hour-a-day job. You don't go in at nine, punch out at five. It's more of a lifestyle. And um, so I think that's the first piece. This is not glamorous at all. It is a grind. And people think all you do is roll a ball out at practice for two hours and blow a whistle. That's the least of what you do. You know, the, the biggest piece to what you do is, and this is where um, I think it's a wonderful luxury to have, is you get to choose the people who are going to be on your team. Just like an entrepreneur who's gr- growing a company, building a brand, gets to choose who they hire and who they do business with and who they don't. And it's, those are the closest parallels to a college coach that I could think of. But, you know, if you're not recruiting daily like recruiting is the lifeblood of your program you will perish so you know the mantra is rdop recruit daily or perish 
And if you're not actively recruiting in your business, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, building your team of employees or your customer base, you will perish. And yeah, I think if you that- look like during the pandemic right now, John, mm-hmm. there are a lot of uh, restaurants. You know, so I guess we should issue this disclaimer. At the time of this recording, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And restaurants uh, in many states are below half capacity. Maine just reopened from like 25% to 50% capacity. And what do most restaurants do? Well, most of them don't advertise. Some of them advertise a little bit, but they turn on the lights and unlock the door and flip the sign over from close to open and hope people show up. Mm. And hope's a horrible business strategy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. Uh, and, and my favorite restaurant that I support and I go to probably weekly uh, is this little tavern in the next town over from me. And uh, I, I love the owner. I love her family. She has great values. It doesn't matter who waits on you. You get quality service. The food is so consistently good. And I just said to her, when I saw her um, the other day, I said, yeah, I know things have been a struggle for you guys, and that's why I'm trying to eat here more and spend more time and money here and invite other people to come here. But in a way, it's got to be a godsend that you have to do this contact tracing thing. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because like when you make a reservation or you show up at the hostess station, they yeah. have to take your name, your email address, your phone number. Yeah. Most businesses, most restaurants especially, never like kept a customer list. Yeah. So in a way that's a godsend for them that now you, yeah, sure. You have to turn that information into the state, but you can make a copy of it before you do that. Yeah. Now you can actively market to people, you know, who have come to your restaurant before spent money there and had a good experience. Yeah, and funny. she looked at me like I had an eyeball growing out. Like I had a third eyeball growing out of my forehead. She's like, what? Like, didn't even cross her mind to do anything with that data. Whereas like you, me, the coach in me, like you're constantly in the, you know, the, the leads and the name accumulation business and you're building, you know, that prospect list. And that, that's, I, that's, that's, that's what's so powerful about the concept because it went, when I read it in the book, it just sort of, I don't know what it was, maybe like, I think of an electrical connection. It's like something went in my brain is connected. And, um, because I, you know, I, I had a new business and I was working to grow my customer list. And, um, and the idea of like your job every day is to recruit daily or perish. And I, I changed around a little bit. I said sell daily or pay, perish, right? So I was trying to yeah. recruit, recruit customers into my, into my new business. And I still do it today. I don't know how long ago I read that book, but if you look at my calendar, I try to have at least 10 touches with, with customers and new customers every day. And if I don't, like I try to have five before lunch and I try to do five after lunch. And, and if I, you know, if I'm only three before lunch and I'm hustling all afternoon trying to make those touches and um, it's just a, it's a mindset, right? That yeah. you have to go because this is the future of your business. This is the fuel in your engine that's going to propel your business over the long term. You've got to keep, you got to keep putting gas in the tank. And I, I really like that. And it was one of them. I mean, it's just one of the small lessons in that book. And it was, sure. it was, it was really a powerful book. Um, and I also like the way you wrote it. <clears throat> you had, t- talk a little bit about each chapter. How You had like three, three storylines. How did that work? It's called Them, Brew, and You. Yeah. So uh, I'll give an example from the stadium. 
know, it could be, uh, you know, like one of my favorite coaches in America, a good friend of mine, Blake Anderson's a head football coach at Arkansas State University. And they're in like the middle of nowhere, Jonesboro, Arkansas, and the Sun Belt Conference. And um, he just finds a way to do things no one else is doing. And he wakes up every morning and says, what's something that Arkansas State, uh, me and my coaching staff can do that no one else in America is mm-hmm. doing? And he'll do these crazy trick plays that will land his team on uh, ESPN Sports Center's highlights. You know, whether the play went for a touchdown or not is just so crazy. Like um, a play where one receiver just lines up and falls over like a tree in the forest. And like half the defense is distracted by like, did this guy just drop dead? Like what's going on? And uh, I think they call it the feigning goat play. Um, that got on SportsCenter. He was trending. Arkansas State was trending on social media on a Saturday night when Clemson, Alabama, Florida State, every major program in America was playing. They were trending from a game they had earlier in the day where they p- pulled this trick playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so it's something as simple as that's the them. And then there's the brew. Like, how, how do I do something no one else is doing in my business? And then there's the you. How can you do it? Can you do so it? I'll take a, a simple example. And I say simple, but it, it's powerful. A simple but powerful example of like how someone's doing it. I'll show how I do it. And then I will provide you with a framework for how you can do the same thing. Yeah, I like the way you that's did that. every chapter. Yep. Every chapter. And that's, and that's, so if you haven't read Stadium Status, I would go out and get that book because actually it's a really powerful book and, and there's so many great lessons in it. And again, for me, it was a million dollars in sales gain just by reading over a million, just by reading that book. So highly encourage that book. But StadiumStatusBook.com. StadiumStatusBook.com. Don't, now, don't buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I don't get a royalty on any of them. That's another whole conversation, though. Right. We won't do that today. So So now, now we have a new book. It's Mm -hmm. called Beyond Stadium Status. So what is that? I mean, you just told us that stadium status is the pinnacle, right, of of a sports team, of 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 an act, right, to get to fill a stadium. What's beyond stadium status? Uh, I'd rather tell you what it isn't. Okay. Can I tell you what it isn't? Sure. Uh, it isn't your normal business book. It uh, You will not see any celebrity endorsements or, uh, you know, a forward by, you know, some famous person. Uh, it is purely uh, meat and potatoes. I'll put it to you that way. It's like practical, hands-on um, real, you know, grounded in reality, actual strategies that normal people like you and me practice uh, or would want to practice in their business. You know, um, you know I think that uh, one of the problems with business books, and this is actual research, it's not Coach Brew making up statistics um, like politicians make up facts, but 85% of every uh, nonfiction book that's purchased uh, never gets opened. And of the 15% that do get opened up, uh, an overwhelming majority, like 75% of the 15% only read one chapter. Mm. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, they were sold on the sizzle 
and the steak isn't quite as fun as the sizzle. They were told success would be easy. And they saw, you know, like some famous uh, business celebrity, like from Shark Tank, said, oh, this book will uh, revolutionize your business. And, you know, you could have a, you could have a four hour work week. <laughs> right. Which is a catchy title for another business book, but like nobody works four hours mm. in a week. You can't even have a four hour work day. Let's be realistic. So it's nuts and bolts and it's ground, very much grounded in reality. You know, I was told by a literary critic that stadium status is the anti-business book, business book, because it kind of just turns everything on its head. Um, and I wanted to double down on that and, and take that whole concept to another level. Um, so instead of allowing the fact that, you know, 85% of people don't read the book they buy and the, of the 75 of the 15% who do, most of them only read one chapter. The book is only one chapter long, John. One chapter. Yep. It's one long ass chapter to make it like a nice sizable book, but it's one chapter and it's broken up into different themes. Uh, you could call those themes chapters if you want, but basically I just want to solve a problem. You know, um, if you're only going to read one chapter of a book, this is the my one book's to read. just going to be one chapter. I love problem it. solved, you know? Um, so you know, I'm just dramatically increasing the odds of people actually reading a chapter. But are you willing to master the mundane? I think is the question. You know, it's interesting. You you said to me one time, and I and it really stood out. You said um, one of the things I like about ne- we never work, pee into the wind. You said that, and um, I never do. So okay, no. But you said um, one of the things you like about working with me is that I actually read things and actually implement them, and mm-hmm. um, uh, that's just been kind of my nature. I don't know if that's because I come from. The military where they teach you to learn and then do. But um, yeah. so a lot of the things, a lot of ideas I've learned from you, I actually implement and they actually work. And I'm like, holy cow, this is this is amazing. Like we were talking about sell daily or recruit daily or perish. So you're saying and, and I and I want people to hear this is that you should read your next book, right? Beyond stadium status and actually implement the ideas in your business, not just or buy just- it. Or just one idea. Just one idea. Like if all you did was implement RDOP or as you call it, SDOP, sell daily or perish, you spent $20. I would Mm. argue you didn't spend $20. You invested $20 and it made you over a million. Yes. So imagine if you went back, not you, the general you, I know you, you reread things, but imagine if like you bought a book and it made you exponentially more than you paid for it just by executing one idea. What might happen if you went back and reread that book yeah. and executed a second idea? Exactly. And, and then once you monetize that, you did a third round of reading, ex- you know, executed a third idea. I think so many people um, are, are so into just collecting information. You're better off you know, reading one book 10 times than 10 books once mm-hmm. and, and really extracting value from it. Um, but you know, reading as we've talked about, John is getting harder and harder to do, um, for people, you know, like the example I love to give is if I gave you a million dollars to read a book, I think we both know you would read it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your listeners. Both. We both know you would buy it and have it read in a day. Mm -hmm. But if you tell someone to read a book, that'll make them a million dollars. 
they'll find a reason not to do it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. I'm going to hijack your podcast and I'm going to ask you a question now. You didn't know I was going to do this, did you? I had a feeling it might happen because you're a podcast host too. So, <laughs> so, so John Rennie, it's great to have you here. Uh, I would love for you to tell my audience, your audience, um, all about your promo code boss. And oh, I'll just yeah. leave it at that. So if people would look over John's shoulder, if you're watching this podcast and not listening, you will see a copy of a fabulous book I wrote, the forward to, yes. <laughs> called I Have the Watch. John wrote the book. but um, So there's a promo code you can use called BOSS. And this is... Um, you know, everyone's doing like a free plus shipping offer or you'll buy my book and you get free shipping or you know, like people are offering these just kind of the same old sales tactics and the same old kind of kinds of value added things. And you got weird and you got different with what you're doing with promo yeah. code boss. So, John, if you could tell my listeners exactly what that concept was and uh, you know how that was born and, and what you're doing with it. And I think there's a version of that that everyone can execute in their own business if they, uh, if they believe the best ideas can come from outside their industry. Yeah. So if um, it's perfect time to bring it up, because uh, to be honest, the, the, the concept, the idea didn't, idea didn't come from you, but the concept of thinking outside the box and thinking weird and doing things different certainly came from, me reading your books and me interacting with you over the years. But um, and the question is, and I'm, I write leadership books, right? And I want to build a world with better bosses. The problem is the people who are reading leadership books are not the people that need the leadership books. They're the ones that are trying to get better. They are probably good bosses already. And they're trying to get better. The problem we have in this country and, and probably internationally as well is that there are so many bad bosses that are not working on themselves and not trying to get better. So how do you, you know, it's not, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick that need a doctor. So how do you get the book in the hands of the people that really need it? And so we have a promo now that's running through our website. So if you go on to buy a copy of my book, I have the watch and you enter the promo code boss. Oh, I will anonymously send the book to, if you have a crappy boss, I will send it to your boss and I'll write a nice note to them, encouraging them that the people that work for them want he or she to read the book and implement the ideas in the book. The idea is to try to get the book into the hands of the people that really need it, not the people that are constantly trying to improve themselves and get better. It's the people that need, the people that need a doctor need this book. The, the bad bosses, the crappy bosses in the world need this book. So if you've got a bad boss, this is a great solution. And it's completely anonymous. John, uh, tell my listeners, your listeners, uh, where uh, on the internet they can find this. What's the website again? I have the watch.com. That's simple. 
<laughs> so what's awesome about that, thank you for playing along with that, but what's legitimately freaking awesome about that whole promotion is, you know, you understand, you put yourself in the mind of um, not necessarily your customer, but who should be your customer, the bad leaders. And, you know, we all know you don't have to be sick to get better. And, you know, the best performers are always constantly looking for that. You know, what's the, the next thing they can learn, the, the next competitive advantage they can gain. But the people that really need the help are the last ones to ask for it. And if you walked into your boss's office and said, hey, boss, I think, uh, you know, this would really help you improve. Here's I got you this book that I think could help, uh, you know, help really uh, elevate your deficiencies as a leader. You should read it. How would that be received? Yeah, not very well at all. You know they're not reading it. Yeah. But if they anonymously happen to receive a book and there's a personal note, it's, auto, you know, it's an autographed book with a personal note from the author that says, your people think so highly of you, they thought you'd really enjoy this and be you know, a great value to you and the company. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. And you just let them yeah, digest it's that. It's so much better received, right? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. So the amount of the books that we have sent out, and I'm just hoping, and again, you know, I think you're like me, you want people to read the book and implement the ideas and actually have an effect, right? So that's what I want to do. I want to build a world with better bosses. I want to get this in the hands of their people, and I want them to to make a change. And um, so, yeah, hopefully that uh, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of orders. Hopefully we'll Hopefully we're changing some bosses and making the world a better place for the people who have crappy bosses. Maybe they'll make, make it a little shift. So yeah. So that's yep. the, the whole point of that. But again, the concept, the idea of, of selling to the people who really need it is, is comes from your world. It comes from the world of thinking differently and, and uh, trying to stand out from the crowd, right? There's 15,000 books written on leadership. Well, how does my little book? Uh, how do I get it to stand out? Well, this is one way to do it. So that that comes entirely from stadium status, the ideas in stadium status. So that kind of that concept of of being, uh, I mean, almost you know, you say weird wins, but it's different. I mean, different. Yeah, be wins. different or be invisible is what yeah. I say. And so you're yeah. trying to stand out. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because even the the cover of your new book, uh, it, it's it's it, it makes me laugh because when I first saw it, I thought that was like a mock up. Right. Because uh, I'll have to describe it. So if you look at the cover of his new book, it says it says in very big letters, John Brubaker, his name and then the name of the book, which is beyond stadium status. Those are the big letters you see. But if you look in really closely, it says this is a book by John Brubaker and the book. The name of the book is the name of the book is stadium status. So that's actually on the cover. And I thought that was just a joke. And like it was a filler and eventually that would go away, but that's actually going to be on the cover. Is that right? That is the front cover and the back cover does not have testimonials from anyone on Shark Tank or any celebrity business gurus. The back cover just says the name of this font is Babis New. That's the actual name of the font. And Coach Brew's uh, cover design budget is zero dollars. I love it. I love it. And be I think different it, or be invisible. You know, but I think it's something that really stands out. And I, I, yep. I, I and it, it kind of, it's um, consistent with what you're, the messaging that's going to be inside the book. I, I'm assuming I haven't read the book yet. So it's stadium status on steroids, as I like to say. All right. 
that that I'm that I'm that I'm you have my full endorsement. Not that you would include my endorsement in the book, though. Your endorsement actually is in the book. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second, big fella. So instead of having you know after the forward, which is usually written by some celebrity who didn't actually write it, their publicist did in most business books. There are all these like pithy little quotes from famous people and celebs. So instead of that, what I do is I feature real results from real people doing real work. And John S. Rennie is one of those real people doing the real work, getting real results. And I basically showcase the readers of Stadium Status who have gotten a quantifiable result and used it to grow their business. So numero uno would be John S. Rennie. I made his, the book. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this. I, his I, handsome face graces one of the pages, which is dedicated to him and his story. So um, you know, if you're a believer in real people getting real results and you want to be one of those people, this is your stadiumstatus.com. It's the only place it's available. Say, re- you know, repeat again, that one more time. Repeat that one more time. Cause I was talking over you beyond stadiumstatus.com. That is the only place the book is available. You know, beyond I, I've stadiumstatus.com. Also, yeah. I've also turned that whole concept on its head. Like, why would I sell it on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Hudson Booksellers or Books a Million? You know, I don't get that customer's name. You know, going back to our, our conversation earlier about the restaurant earlier in this episode, you know, they typically wouldn't get the name and email address and the phone number of their customers. Well, if your customer is important, why would you leave that up to chance? Or why would you let Amazon collect that information and not you? So I want to make sure no one takes care of my customers better than I do. And, uh, you know, no one's going to treat them as well as I will. So I'm the only place you can buy the book. That's great. So I've already pre-ordered it. And I encourage each of you who are listening to this and you want to elevate your game, find out some, take some ideas from outside your industry and elevate you inside your industry. This is the book for you. So beyondstadiumstatus.com, only place it's available and it's on pre-order right now. Is that right? And what, what fabulous prizes could you possibly win as someone who pre-orders the book, John? I think there was an air guitar, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's a golden ticket, a silver ticket, and a bronze ticket uh, that will be each tucked into one of the books in the pre-orders. Uh, and the golden ticket is winning an actual air guitar. Silver ticket, a rotary phone. Bronze ticket. I think this is the one you want. You've had your eye on this. A $50 Blockbuster video gift card. Oh, that's it. That's what I need. I think there's one store left, right? Yeah, isn't it like in Alaska or so. somewhere or like the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> I'm going to go use it. Um, there you go. All right. So, so that's, that's that. I wanted to cover one thing too, before we wrap up, yeah. you are also doing something. I'm seeing you, if you're watching this on video, you're seeing you're wearing um, a shirt that says chin up chest out, move forward. So what is chin up, chest out, move forward? This is something new that you're doing. And I'm really, uh, I'm really in support of it because I think it's really important, especially for entrepreneurs and what they're going through in a, in a time like this. So talk a little bit about uh, this new business venture. Sure. It's uh, so, you know, like it's a, a hashtag, it's a catchy phrase, call it whatever you want, a slogan. It's really a mindset. Um, you know, and I don't mind that people are saying, Oh, chin up, chest out. It's, you know, it's a catchy phrase. But what it really is, is it's a mindset that no matter what life throws at you, you got to keep your chin up, your chest out, and you got to keep moving forward. And, um, you know, that's you know, absolutely a lesson I learned when 2019 kicked me in the teeth. Um, 
And, you know, I just was dealing with a bunch of, of uh, medical issues that, uh, you know, your physical health and your mental health are intimately connected. And, you know, the, just discouraging setbacks um, with my physical health that really kind of led to uh, me just, you know, kind of going to a dark place and, and getting, you know, I'd say, you know, kind of getting into a funk, but it was worse than that. You know, um, I told my therapist uh, that, you know, I, um, I started seeing a therapist in 2019 and is, you know, it's the best thing I ever did, best money I ever spent. Um, you know, I spent a year seeing a therapist who I, I still see, but I, what I, what I spent was I probably spent a decade before 2019 being in denial about needing help. You know, I was a workaholic. Uh, I took so much of my work home with me. I took it so personally and, um, I didn't really have good coping strategies. And as a leader, as a small business owner, um, you know, you, you had said this very eloquently before we started the podcast, John, it's like, we, we, we each lead kind of a double life. There's that kind of, uh, you know, front stage, you know, when you're on, you know, all the world's a stage when you're a leader, you know, everybody's watching you eyes are on you. You've got to be upbeat, positive, motivating, inspiring, and give people hope. You're basically a dealer in hope for your Mm -hmm. team. But then backstage, like when you're looking at how am I going to, you know, pay the bills or, you know, um, I'm understaffed or underfunded, you know, like you're looking at just the amount of hours you have to put in the fact that you missed your kid's game or you missed, um, you know, time with your wife in the evenings because you had to stay late and work. Like that's the part that gets you down. And that's kind of the private persona that's backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, our backstage, everybody's backstage is a little different, but it's messy. And if you got to see, you know, people you think are doing really well, all you're seeing is their uh, sports center highlights, so to speak. Uh, meanwhile, they're seeing their blooper reel and they're comparing their blooper reel to other people's highlight reels. And it's not good for our mental health. And I know I've been guilty of that, that comparison trap. And, you know, that's, that's where I, I just felt like I needed help with my mindset. And, you know, no matter what life threw at me physically or emotionally, keep my chin up, chest out, move forward. So I decided, you know, what's, what's the best way not just to um, carry that message in, you know, my own mind by kind of advertising it to myself. And we all have those advertising campaigns that run in our head. It could be negative ads uh, or it could be positive ads. Uh, so I wanted to replace some of the negative advertising. Uh, with something positive that became my mantra chin up chest out and no matter what life threw at me I was just going to keep moving forward because it's really all we can do you know you can't control the past you can just control what you do next but I thought you know other people need to hear this I started writing about you know some of my uh, challenges with depression in 2019 and that content started resonating with my readers more than anything else I produced on leadership business you know anything any of the the standard fare, so to speak. So I felt like I was on to something. I decided, what if I came out with an apparel line um, that was part of the solution, not part of the problem that helped remove the stigma from getting help. You know, you don't have to be sick to get better. Um, but also um, we donate a percentage of all sales to different mental health organizations uh, across the country. We did uh, our original launch in March Um Right, you know, literally right after the pandemic hit, and and um, which is great timing 
not to be trading time for money as a professional speaker to have a product to sell, but also, uh, you know, to be able to give back because there are a lot of people uh, in a bad spot right now. You know, uh, suicide hotline calls are at the highest uh, suicide rates are also at the highest level since World War II in this country. Um, so, you know, we're donating percentage of sales to National Alliance for Mental Illness um, with the original launch, the spring collection, and now with this fall launch that we just had. Um, so I feel like, you know, this is sort of what I've been called to do. Um, not necessarily, you know, owning a, an apparel brand, but just really uh, doing something to be part of the solution and erasing the stigma. And it just happens to be through this. Uh, that I'm doing that. Yeah. So in the website for that is? It's uh, chinupchestout.com. Yeah, that's new. And yeah, we've got um, our fall collection just launched, like this hoodie that I have, uh, hats, uh, long sleeve t-shirts, all sorts of stuff. Um, but I do think that it's important that you have, whether it's chin up, chest out or something else, I think it's important that you advertise to yourself. Because you think about the amount of uh, brand impressions and ads that uh, that come across, you know, our lens, so to speak. You know, the you know the lens we view the world, our eyes, whether it's on social media, billboards, radio, whatever it is. You know, there are like something like thirteen thousand brand impressions that hit us every day, and how many of them help you protect your mindset? None of yeah. them. Like you got advertised yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know who to give credit to this, uh, but there's a great quote that I heard, and and I think it really rings true for all of us. Like, if you talk to your friends and family the way you talk to yourself, like if you said things to your friends and family that you say to yourself, like that internal dialogue we have about ourselves they wouldn't be your friends anymore and your mm. family would probably disown you a lot of them. Uh, so, you know, we're way more gentle and nicer to, to other people, whether it's strangers, friends, or family than we are with ourselves. And I think it's because we're not really advertising to ourselves the way we need to. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. That's why I support this. And uh, I, I love it when I'm wearing, wearing the gear, it kind of reminds me to just keep moving forward. And, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, I have, you know, I have a, I have a, I have the onstage presence and I have my backstage mess, right? I'm, I'm working yeah. it. I'm working every day trying to, you know, keep things afloat. You know, the duck, I'm the duck on the water paddling as hard as I can, but you don't see it because you're only seeing the duck just floating by. But, um, so I think the brand is, is really, I think it's really needed. I think especially entrepreneurs, but it, it's really for anyone, but, um, yeah. is that you just got to keep moving forward, especially in times like this, you got to keep focusing on, you know, your, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. You got to keep that going, especially if you're, you know, you're a, you're a mother, a father, a business leader. There are people that are depending on you to be there and you've got to take, you got to take care of yourself. So I really, I really appreciate what you're doing there and I support Thank it. You. So, and I'd like, uh, you know, more people to support it. So, um, yeah, it's good. So it's a really positive thing you're doing. And, um, so that's uh so oh I was I was gonna say what's next for you? That was the next question on my list is what is next for you? I heard rumor about some sort of new podcast in the works potentially or Yeah, like I so I have a podcast just like you do. Oh but, yeah, so, um, so say what your podcast so, is too, by the yeah, way. It's so one it's of my a, favorites. Well it's Coach Brew Show, Coach Brew Podcast. Um 
that's, you know, you can find out more about that or subscribe to it at coachbrew.com. But uh, what I'm really excited about is because that's sort of, you know, every now and then I'll have a guest expert um, like yourself, uh, but it's usually a monologue where I talk about different leadership or, you know, performance in business uh, issues. And um, it's, I don't want to say it's super serious, but, you know, it's, we, we talk about real stuff, serious stuff. And I wanted to start something that would be fun. And I've been looking for sort of the right opportunity. And sometimes, you know, when you don't go looking for things aggressively, they find you. Mm-hmm. So this opportunity found me through, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this gentleman. He's a leadership expert. He spent uh, many, many years as a leader, an officer in a nuclear sub in the United States Navy during the Cold War. His name's John S. Rennie. Yes. Uh, he runs a company called Peak Demand. And he reached out to me on Twitter. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, I know him. Good okay. guy. You know him well, don't you? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, he also goes by the alter ego, Max Power. You might be more familiar with them that way. Um, Not everybody knows that. <laughs> so uh, now they do. Oops. <laughs> Clip it. Edit that out. <laughs> but um, so he reached out to me on Twitter and said, this, this quote, this is something I could see Coach Brew and I doing. Yeah. And the, this was a, uh, a podcast basically um, like not – so it was, well, I'll let John S. Rennie explain it because I won't do it justice because I'm not as intimately familiar with the podcast he was referencing. Yeah, no, but, but suffice uh, it to say, we're going to do a podcast together. And yeah, it's absolutely. Be amazing. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun because I think there's a lot of, um, okay, you know, for you've heard of truth in advertising, there's a lot of lies in advertising. So I think we're going to, Coach Brew and I are going to launch a new podcast. It's going to be called Marketing Malpractice. And we're going to, dissect what we see going on out there. Uh, and what was the genesis of this idea? You saw another podcast with these two guys are just hilarious. Yeah. Two guys that are just basically they're, they're buying things that they see advertised on, on uh, Instagram and they're just tearing it apart. Is it good? Is it bad? So it's kind yeah. of a cool thing. Two guys just going through. So we're actually going to take it a little bit broader and actually look at maybe some of your favorite uh, TV commercials, some of your favorite, business gurus and we're going to kind of tear apart what they do and does it make sense is it truthful is it uh is it a bunch of lies so we're going is it, to is it marketing malpractice is it marketing right? malpractice and so that's what we're gonna be looking at so uh so look forward to that it's gonna be coming up soon and we're gonna have uh and it's gonna be a lot less serious than uh yeah. than leadership and business this is gonna be a little bit more fun so yeah i don't think a, we're gonna be talking about team building mental health no. Uh, leadership, communication. Yes. We're, we're just going to, it's going to be like, uh, if you've, if you've never been on a pirate ship before, it's going to kind of be like you're on a pirate ship. Yeah. Or on a submarine, which is very similar. I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> so I, don't, I, I, I have all the respect in the world for anyone that spent even a minute on a sub because I am so claustrophobic. It's something I can never do. Well, this this is going to be fun. Um, so look forward. It's going to be called Marketing Malpractice. It'll be out uh, here very soon. So it's going to be a collaboration between Coach Brew and myself, and we're excited to bring it to you. And it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of fun. We're going to try to have fun with it, and just um, you know, hey, a lot of seriousness in the world right now. Why not have a little bit of fun? 
And we're looking for sponsors. So if yes. you uh, happen to own a bourbon company yes. uh, or have a cigar business. Bourbon cigars are, are key. So if you have yep. a bourbon company or a cigar company, um, and um, especially if there's free samples, um, we're, we're open. Yeah, imagine like Marketing Malpractice Podcast brought to you by. Right. I mean, we uh, shamelessly give away naming rights for some quality bourbon. And you know, Wilder- Wilderness Trail, if you're listening, the bourbon company Wilderness Trail, we would definitely take you on as a sponsor. So. <laughs> One shout out to bourbon. Shout out to Wilderness Trail, but uh, no disrespect <laughs> to any other bourbons who no. might want to advertise with us. No, sure, absolutely. So, very good. So, uh, how can people find out more about you, your books, your podcast, uh, your apparel line? How how do they find all that out? So, um, interested in the apparel line? Just go to chinupchestout.com. Interested in me and uh, everything I have going on? Just go to coachbrew.com. And I think that's the lesson for everyone that ever plugs anything. And this is something we can talk about in marketing malpractice. If you rattle, if someone asks you that and you rattle off your Instagram handle, your Facebook page, your website, your Twitter, your podcast, like, no, just have one place people can go. Yeah. Yep. Coachbrew.com. And I learned that from you. For me, it's johnsrenny.com. Everything is there. Amen. Yeah. So let's learn it from you. And by the way, if you spell John wrong, you get to my website. Again, a trick I Beautiful. learned from you. Yeah. So take a look at Stadium Status, the book, and Beyond Stadium Status, the new book coming out. So these are great books, great resources. And uh, if you really want to elevate your business, you want to take yourself away from the status quo, elevate your game, these are great books to do that. So I highly encourage it. These are books that I'm using every day, and uh, and I'm growing my business uh, as a result of it. So, John, thank you for your time. Thank you for all your wisdom. And thank you for your dark sunglasses, because I think that really makes the uh, podcast. So thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. Love what you're doing. I love what you're doing, too, as well. So thank you uh, for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care.